So welcome back to Restless. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, and you've joined us young adults, Paul, Alex, and Angelica, as today we seek the face of Christ restlessly. And one of the aspects of seeking the face of Christ is prayer. And can you believe that we've had over 100 episodes and we have not yet covered prayer? Really? We've talked about prayer. We've talked sure. about prayer a lot, but we haven't had a whole episode on prayer. We talked about the rosary. Did talk about the rosary. That's an element of that is a way to pray. It is a way to pray. It is a way to pray. And you know, we've talked about different things in prayer, and there's actually a reason why we haven't talked about it, because we did record this episode like a couple of years ago, and we lost the file. So we're re-recording it. So we meant to. We've, we've improved. We've improved. I think we've improved. I hope we've improved. So we're going to talk about prayer, which is basically nothing more than having a relationship with God. So like, what is your definition of prayer? Because a lot of people think you got to say certain words, do what? You know, what, what is your definition of prayer? Talking to God. Okay. That's it. That's it. Prayer, talking to God, talking in to relationship God. with the Lord, talking to the Lord, being present. I would add conversation with God because that just implies that he's, you know, responding in some way. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's a great point because a lot of people yeah. do most talking and not a whole lot of listening. Paul, I think, is looking up something on his phone about a definition <laughs> of prayer. Yeah, because the catechism, and I should have done this prior, but the catechism is an excellent uh, excellent little ditty on prayer as an introduction. I want to find it. A ditty? Is it like a song? Yes. Prayer is awesome. You should do it. Yeah, that's day. right. Uh, and you can come back to me. Okay. <laughs> so my favorite definition of prayer, have you ever heard the story of St. John Vianney and the peasant? No, you don't know this. Yeah, I know you know this story. It's a very famous story. So, so Saint John Vianney, uh, of course, the patron saint of parish priests in southern France, the 1800s, he would see this poor peasant walk into the church every day, spend half an hour there, and then leave. And every single day, this poor guy, you know, would just do the same thing. This poor farmer. Finally, after a while, Saint John Vianney said, "You know, what do you say when you go into the presence of the Blessed Sacrament?" And the man responded, "I look at him, and he looks at me." Okay. And he said that was the best definition of prayer you could ever use. Because a lot of times, like, do you ever find that you run out of words in prayer? Yes. You can't nod when you're on <laughs> the radio. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I... <laughs> yeah, so what do you do when you run out of words? Because sometimes that happens, right? What do you do? Silence isn't bad, because then you can hear a response sometimes. Mm. Sometimes, yeah. It's not always bad to be silent Yeah. when in a state of prayer. It's or true. When, when one's wishing to pray. Yeah. But sometimes silence feels like you're not praying, right? Yeah, but that's, but I mean, it's part of a relationship though. It's like if you do something with a friend, you don't necessarily need to be talking while you're doing it. That's a really good point. But it's still building, you're still building a relationship because you're in the presence. Yeah. And you may talk. That's true. And something may come naturally. But you may not even you may, like a good friendship. You wouldn't you wouldn't even feel the urge to force a conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Angelica, you're engaged. I so, am. So does that ever happen with you and, and Josh? That we run out of words. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Alex is shaking his head. No. Come on. <laughs> Have we introduced yeah. Alex? By the no. way. Oh, here, there's oh, Alex. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is Angelica's brother. Little brother. FYI, just. To clarify, little brother. So, so do you do you ever run out of words with with Josh? Um, I, I it's okay to say no. I don't know if run out of words would be a good way to say it. Um, I think because uh, it doesn't feel like something's missing or I'm trying to get words. It's just like there is none, and so there just is none. And uh, I she just kind of sit with him and hold hands or whatever. Um, or 
or if we're if we're actually talking about something i will tell him i have nothing to say or like i have no thoughts on it and then we just move on Mm. um and then sometimes it we don't even have to be well we're with each other but we don't have to be that close so i'll like go look at something because i like to look at things and uh (laughs) like a flower or something yeah i'll just be like wow wow and um i'll just walk around and yeah do my thing and then he'll he'll be with me i know he's there and he knows where i am i'm somewhere um but yeah there's there's not a need for words nor even being close physically close to uh be with him Hmm. so that's true because i find in relationships that Sometimes you grow the most when you're just doing an activity together, even without talking. Well, it's a very, it's a very masculine trait. Yeah. To clarify. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Just like hanging out with dad or whatever. Just We could just be watching TV and that's still like a bonding experience. Yeah. Well, there's this always thing that, and I think it's important that when you talk about your relationship with God is you kind of figure out where you are, right? Because men will, a lot of times, they bond side by side. So they're doing things, and women or men with women generally will bond face-to-face. Hmm. And so that's why, I mean, I don't know. I think well, adoration is fairly popular, at least with the younger generations. But I think that might be why some people, especially men, might have some trouble uh, in adoration, at I, least at the beginning, and, and praying in such a manner. Well, I think I, I, from just hear, from hearing from a lot of men, they are very drawn towards serving God kind of more than the intimacy piece with God. Mm. Like they want to do something for God and that's kind of how they worship and pray. But yeah. So the question is then, what is your personal favorite way to pray? Adoration, the rosary, the Bible, spontaneous prayer? Contemplation. Just kind of thinking and letting thoughts pass through. Hmm. I mean, it's not so much that I'm forcing anything at, at that point. It's more just letting making myself open and letting God kind of run through me um, if, you know, if that's his will at the moment. So do you have ever time, have times when you like, you want that to happen and like, you feel like it's not happening? I mean, there are definitely times where I'm just like getting frustrated because there's no like, um, cause I don't feel anything within. Um, but it, it definitely does give me a sense of peace and knowing that I'm, you know, I'm just trying to think about God. I'm not necessarily trying to, you know, just follow the format of, you know, a given prayer where I might get distracted or I'm, you know, I'm not just trying to do all the talking myself. That's awesome. So just kind of showing up and being present, letting God do the work. That's awesome. Now, Angelica, I know you have a burning desire for adoration. Tell us about like you and adoration. Me and adoration? Yeah, because like you got this this ministry about like starting adoration. Um. So where it started was, well, what... <laughs> Well, to sum it up, it's in the words, uh, the words, here I am. Um, and so that can be our response to the Lord and also the Lord saying that to us. And, and it's about, it's about showing up. It's about spending time with the Lord. And, um, I, I found that when I didn't have access to adoration, um, I found new ways to adore, but I think ultimately it's different when you're in the presence of the Lord, even if he's like, um, not exposed and he's in the tabernacle, it is different, but even from not exposed because he's in the tabernacle to exposed, um, it is different. And yeah, I, 
So like, what do you, did you something happen when the first time you went to adoration? I remember I have a really young memory uh, or younger, a really like old memory of when I was young. I, I was at church and um, I was, I don't know, like maybe seven or something like that. And uh, they had the kids in the basement and they were doing like the little like kids group thing. And the parents were all upstairs and they, I remember them somebody coming downstairs be like like bring the kids like like bring the kids up and then so we go up the stairs and I remember somebody was holding me I don't know if it was my father or maybe one of the leaders of that group and uh we're in the back of the church and way up at the front I I see the Lord in the monstrance and I remember just thinking like like why am I crying oh wow yeah I, I was just like I was just so struck by what I was looking at. And at that time, like I didn't necessarily know, but I knew that I was crying and this was the reason why. And it wasn't like a sad cry. It was just like, I was overwhelmed with like this wave of like, I don't know, <laughs> but um, I don't know how to describe it. It just was like, I was in awe and I just, I, there was nothing else I could do but cry in that moment. Um, so that's that's my one of my favorite memories in adoration. But I think it's happened over and over again in different ways. Because now I I'm right as Alex said having a conversation with the Lord or presenting um, something to the Lord or allowing Him to present something to me. I find that I really like quality time, and I can also He also brings like peace to my mind, mm. and it's. It's not what I can bring to adoration. It's about just being with him. Um, and it's not about what he can do for us in adoration. It's just about being with him. Um, and there's a song that's like, it's called Nothing Else. And in, in the song, it says like, I'm not here for any anything. I'm not here for anything. I'm not here for your blessings. Like, of course, like they come. But but that's that's what the relationship is like, and that's what the Lord has allowed me to experience throughout time. That's so beautiful, because that's an important step in the spiritual life to realize, like, we're seeking God and not His blessings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, actually, recently, I I found out, well, the Lord allowed me to find out um, kind of what was going on in my, uh, this, like, kind of cloud um, that I was experiencing in my life, because I was close to the Lord, and I and I had continued to be uh, to remain close to the Lord. There wasn't a sin, but I I knew something was off. And I went to a retreat that was titled um, from C for C. It was titled Recovery of the Heart. C for C is a young adult group called Crossroads for Christ. Yes, yes. Um, it's, it was titled the theme of it was Recovery of the Heart. And I realized, well, well, I, I'm living out of this uh, love that I have for the Lord, and it's so minimal in comparison to to the ocean of the Lord's love for us. Um, so it's like things like that, like the Lord's teaching me to live, to seek his face, to um, really just get out of my own way. Um, yeah. Did I answer the question? <laughs> <laughs> and then some, yeah, that was really beautiful. Yeah. So adoration is kind of your thing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's where, that's where the Lord meets me. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I would agree with adoration. I think it's something I discovered after um, after college, um, working. I've always worked jobs that uh, require me to do long hours and be stressed all the time. <laughs> so I find that holy hours, specifically an hour or thereabouts, is really important because like, in order for me to even enter a state of prayer, I need to let my mind unwind for like 20 minutes. Mm. And yeah. so 
And uh, something about being able to focus on Christ in the Eucharist, in the monstrance, really helps that expedite that process or make it so it's worthwhile, maybe. Mm. Um, uh, and then I can enter a state of better prayer, whether it's just silence where my mind just kind of is clear for a moment, which is really pleasant, um, <laughs> or allow other things, uh, maybe just a spontaneous prayer or or be able to pray the rosary well or um, or do spiritual reading, whatever. What um, is it, you know, we're talking about adoration, and, and I know like all of us here in, in this room love to do adoration, and I do it as often as I can too. And, you know, I do a holy hour every day, but what is it that specifically, like, it seems like God is raising that up in this time as a, as like oh, the best way that yeah. young adults love to pray. Why, why is that? I mean, even, even in my youth group, like seventh and eighth graders love adoration, like they're hungry for it. Smartphones. It's, um, I think it's smartphones and other media and things because it's overwhelming. We're overstimulated. And so in adoration, it forces you to remove what's unnecessary yeah. in that moment. Or I guess you don't have to, but generally people do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it's really important. I yeah. Think, Go ahead, Angelica. I think, I think we're all kind of, we're all searching for a home. And, and even if we don't recognize it, we know that, um, you know, the phone's not it. The movie's not it. Even our family, it's not it. Even our home, like where we live is not it. And just being in front of the Lord, having that experience, we don't, People don't really need convincing there. They don't need another person to really guide them because Jesus is right in front of them. <laughs> they don't even need to understand. I you, think. you can let Jesus do the work. Yeah, exactly. Just come exactly. in there and He does the work in your soul. So, yeah, and you know, I, and I, I love the Mass, obviously, but I think one advantage to the traditional Latin Mass over the English Mass is that the English Mass is very wordy. Like you're, you're always engaged in some way. There's, there is that lack of silence. Mm. And, yeah, and the same thing why the Latin Mass is pretty popular, too, among younger generations. Right, because there's that silence. Yeah, it's also removing you from the world. Yeah. Something that's... Something contrasting. Yeah, it's very contrast. And that's the same thing with adoration, too, because it's quiet. It's low stimulation. Yeah. I don't know. That's really that's nice. So, so, but that, like, have you ever struggled, though, with the boredom that can come in prayer? And what do you do with boredom when it comes to prayer? Boredom or dryness? I mean... I mean... Usually when I just find myself bored or in a point where I'm just kind of stuck, um, you know, I just offer it up, try to make myself ever more open. I mean, C.S. Lewis in his uh, work, The Screwtape Letters, he, of course, it's like all speculation on how demons work. But um, one of the interesting things that he has Wormwood say um, to his nephew or Screwtape say to his nephew um, is that when we're in the midst of like, what might seem the hardest struggle. It's the point where we're about to make the biggest breakthrough. Um, and I find that that, I, I find that that can be applicable to a lot of different things, but especially prayer and um, spiritual life, you know, when you're struggling with temptations or something like that. Um, like what might seem like the worst of it all could just be, you know, the point where you're going to find yourself growing closer to God. You're going to find God, you know, saving you. And when it comes to prayer, I think, that boredom or that sense of almost not knowing what to do next um, is what God's going to use to bring you closer to himself. Yeah, that's so true. I don't know. I don't know if you guys feel this way, but there's a lot of times I go to pray and I feel almost like this disorienting sense of like, why did I ever believe this in the first place? And I know that's like a spiritual attack, you know, because I, I, I absolutely know Jesus Christ is truly present in the Eucharist and he listens to my prayers and things like that. But like, you're right. It's like that that like struggle in faith and then all of a sudden like a couple of days later something really powerful will happen and mm. something really beautiful 
So practically speaking, when you're bored, what do you do? Bore, yeah, I mean, bore, I'm been, I've been very attracted to boredom lately. It's been a state that I, I really enjoy. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. So, Please do, because most so, people so think so that's I took this job employee. in New York City recently, so I'm commuting from, for real listeners who aren't from around Fairfield County, I'm commuting from Stanford to Manhattan every day, which involves driving to the train station, taking a 50-minute train, and then a 10-minute walk, both ways. Um, and I was really looking forward to the train rides, especially in the evening, to like catch up on my reading or do some prayer. But I find myself most of the time just sitting, staring blankly into space on the train with no with nothing mm. and i'm looking i actually kind of look forward to that because again it allows my brain to unwind so anyway i look forward to boredom but i would say that <laughs> when i have to when i have to focus i mean the rosary is probably my my fallback if it if one could call the fallback i think it's a great thing but um yeah because it, it's a it's just time when you can spend you know nine to 15 minutes or more <laughs> um depending how fast like very focused on rosary. on prayer for that moment and it's and it's rather concise um, and you can offer it up uh, and and hopefully pray it well. And that's a time when you can dedicate it. And it's something that's for somebody like me, it's just been really effective. And now, as we talked about on the rosary episode, which was sometime in the past, hopefully, um, uh, we uh, we uh, like it, it's come to a point where I, I kind of miss like if, if I miss a day of praying the rosary, it's, it's like an emptiness. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of saying this Hail Marys over and over again is to calm one's mind. Yeah, it works. You know, it works well. It can. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been trying to pray the Rosary on the train. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. A wise on flights. I'm on flights a lot. I fly a lot for work. Not. I'm on planes that fly me. I don't actually fly. <laughs> Just to clarify. <laughs> Paul was saying that today he flew from New York to Boston. Yeah. And then back. Or a trip, well, no, a I took the train, train back. back. Yeah, it's not that. It's a thirty-five minute flight. But oh my god, do they hours. even do they even serve like peanuts on it? Well, like they don't see the peanuts. Pretzels? N- no, you, well, why thirty-five minutes? I don't know. They don't even turn off the seatbelt sign most of the time. Really? Yeah, you go up, and once you hit cruising altitude, you start start going down. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Thirty-five minute flight. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. I, the, the shortest flight I ever took was from Philadelphia to Baltimore. That's, that's very. It was short. twenty minutes. Yeah, that's <laughs> even like, shorter. It actually yeah. would have been faster if I used the train. Because of all the check-in time and oh, the yeah, wait around time, sure. I was like, "Yeah, why did I do that? That was foolish." Yeah, so so like in your prayer, like so a lot of times, you know, people ask for things in prayer. I mean, do you find that God is responsive to that? And if so, why? And if not, why not? Uh, like, have you prayed for things that haven't come true? And yeah, yeah. So, so a lot of people really struggle with that. They're like, "Well, is God real?" Because you know, I prayed for this; it doesn't work. You know. Lord's not a genie. But <laughs> <laughs> well, Robin I, Williams was. Okay, go on. Oh, man. So, Robin yeah. Williams, did he play God in something? No, he played the genie in Aladdin. Oh, okay. Sorry, go on. I'm thinking of like Bruce Almighty, but go on. Deep, deep reference. That's not. No, what? Who's that guy that played Bruce Almighty? The God in Bruce Almighty? The God in Bruce Almighty was Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, that's the one. Yeah, if God doesn't sound like Morgan Freeman, I'm going to be disappointed. Okay. Like for real. All right, sounds good. So, what, what, like, how do you explain that? How do you explain that God doesn't always answer our prayers? Um. Well, well, like, you know, like, do you? Well, does a good, loving father really tell their five-year-old kid? Does a do they tell their five-year-old kid like all the details of life? Can the child really understand it? 
And is it more loving to tell them and like, you know, scar them at five years old or, or tell them and, uh, you know, they're going to do their own thing and they can try and get ahead or tell them and, and, uh, you know, like, do they really need to know? So you're saying that God kind of hides the future a little bit. Um, I think he knows what's best for us. I, and, and he tells us he, he has his perfect timing. Right. And I, I think most of the time, I mean, if you talk to people who, who have been in a relationship with the Lord for any amount of time and you have them recall a time when, uh, they've asked the Lord for something and the Lord's kind of either said no in, in that moment or had a delayed response. Um, and they look back they're usually like, yeah, I couldn't have received that when I was asking for it. Yeah. I received it at the perfect time. And I, I think that's true for a lot of people. And it's hard. It is hard when when you're asking the Lord over and over and over again. And I think, you know, well, why are you asking him over and over again? Like, is this genuine? Do you, do you, do you want to ask him maybe a different question? It, it, are you being called to, to ask a different question? Um, I think... I think there is a place for, you know, discerning what what should I pray for, Lord? Is it going to be a list of things that I'm I'm going to bring to adoration to, like, kind of go down the line? Am I just listing things, or am I actually praying for these intentions and uh, requesting these things from you? Yeah. Um, what is the position of my heart when I ask? Um, I mean, that's easy enough to say when you're asking for, you know, a new job or something. But like when you're asking because your kid has cancer and it's going to die, like. That's that's a much more kind of desperate kind of prayer, right? And yeah, I was in a I was I was reminded of Hebrews today. Hebrews eleven has um, I think it, it says by faith and then something. It like it's I like the way that it's worded, and it's um, basically like by faith he knew that he, um, although he was asked to kill his only son that the Lord was good enough and like great enough to bring him back to life, to bring him back from the dead. And then it's like, that's true. Abraham had that trust. Yeah. And, and, and that's all through faith. I mean, if the Lord wants to increase your faith in that way, then, you know, that's the way that he's calling you to do it. But I don't think like to stop praying really is the answer. It's like, what is your prayer? Like if, and I know it's hard. So how honest can you be in prayer? Can you ask God, like, why can you get angry with God in prayer? Yeah. Like, what are, what's your thoughts? Absolutely. Hmm. Really? Yeah, I, I'd say, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why would you hide anything from him? He knows it already. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, if it's a relationship, then that would be, and we're human, and like that would be a natural part of relationship. Just being angry and frustrated. I mean, or it, why not? You, you, one could say it's kind of destructive to keep. Um, you know, certain emotions hidden away, even like though God knows it, he knows our struggles and what we're going through. Um, you know, I couldn't say that my relationship with my siblings would be as good if I didn't let them know when I'm upset or if they didn't let me know when they're upset. So personal question, have you ever done that? Mm-hmm. Have you ever said to God, God, I'm angry or God, I don't know why you're doing this or? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Have you? No. Yeah, I have. I have, but... I've honestly, true honesty, I've never understood how people can get angry with God. I've asked him why, but I've never understood how people can get angry with I genuinely haven't. Because I guess to me, like, that to me is like, 
it, it's it's kind of like saying I don't have faith. Like I don't really believe that you really want what's best for me. Because if you really know who God is, that He's a good, loving Father, like getting angry, you know, like what are we what are we saying? You're saying God, I don't believe that you are who you, who I say you are. I don't know. That's I've never had like a major tragedy happen to me either. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's. I mean, I, I yeah, it's tough. We are human, and so. I mean, maybe it is a lack of faith, but like we should be praying to grow in faith too. Yeah, that's true. Right? I mean, do we have perfect faith? Like, definitely not. No. <laughs> definitely so not. okay. So then this is a fault of that. So yeah, I mean, I, this is we're recording this on um, September 29th, which is the uh, which was my would have been my brother's 37th birthday. Ah. Uh, 37th, 2022. Yeah, 37th birthday. 30. Is that right? 36? I don't know. I got to do math. <laughs> 38th. Birth, 38th, birthday. 38th birthday. Okay. And uh, and so, and then he died on October 10th. So like this week is, or this next whatever, 11 days is like a second like, holy week or something like that in, in my family. Mm. It kind of begins it. Um, and, and so I remember back then, uh, eight years ago, like, yeah, there's a lot of prayers like that. It's yeah. very hard. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Uh, but you see... But there's a difference between getting angry and and losing and not loving, mm. right? Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess if we can get angry, but at the end we can still say, you know, Lord, I trust you. Yeah, I don't know. Any examples from your own lives? If not, that's okay. I mean, um, I know that it's happened before. I'm just trying to remember when. Um, I mean, a lot of the times I feel like, you know, there, I have a responsibility as a student and as, you know, a member of my family. And I feel like a lot of the times, um, I find one of those kind of taking away from the other. Um, and it can be hard to kind of prioritize those two in the same way. And I feel like a lot of the times, you know, even though it's kind of, I don't really know how to say it. Almost seeming seems immature, like in in hindsight. But I I kind of feel like it was unfair for God to kind of put me in that position of like having to choose one over the other. Um, now I would say like my management is much better. Um, but like even though it seems like some it seems like something so you know simple now, then like while it was going on, you know I couldn't have considered it simple or easy. Sure. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's a that's a great segue into the next question, which is, a lot of people say they're so busy and they don't have time to pray. So, what would you say to those people? You know, whether they're young adults or older adults or you know, wherever, everyone lives a busy life, stressed out, pulled in a thousand directions. Like when you were, you know, torn between being a student and a son, like how did you find time to pray? Um, I mean, our family tries to pray the rosary every night. It, it's, it doesn't always work because, <laughs> you know, someone's bound to fall asleep or Alex. Okay, not always. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but Every like, time I pray the rosary at your house, it, you're usually very pretty out. difficult. <laughs> um, having so many, and also on top of that, most of them being, you know, very young. Um, the Martinez's have eleven kids in the family. Yep. For those listening, so. But um, I would say that, like, I don't know. I, I hear it a lot, and I don't know who, who said it. But I'd like. Um, the way that I try to think about it or my approach to prayer is to, you know, put that first and foremost um, and then organize the rest of my life around it. Whether that falls through or becomes reality, you know, that's, <laughs> that's you know, a different matter. But 
as long as like that that's your focus everything else is going to fall into place because god won't let you struggle for trying to have a relationship with him well that's for sure yeah he'll give you the grace to do it what what is your guys prayer life like especially as a young adult how do you fit it in like practically like do you do it on the train the way in do you do it on the like after work like it's a train train mostly kind of after work yeah i wish i could be better in the morning Mm. a lot of times people just kind of like grab scraps of time here and there Mm. wherever they can yeah i tend to fall into that category occasionally that's okay it's better to pray with scraps than to not pray at all yeah i mean my advice is coming from somebody who prays with scraps sometimes um is like do something that's true (laughs) do something like if it's like and our father prayed well that's better than nothing very true right so like do something and then grow from there it's the same advice i give for if you don't know how to donate money start with something you know a dollar yeah yeah start with something um and then let it let it manifest from there. So that's that's generally my my advice. So what would you say that people should shoot for? Like how many minutes a day? What, what should be a good like solid prayer life for a Catholic? I think it's wrong to kind of say to have that kind of um, approach to it because I feel like everyone's trying to do the bare minimum in some kind of way. Mm. Um, so I think it's it's more in a certain respect, you know, a personal thing. But I would say, you know, start off slow, start off simple, start off with something that you can do. Like, don't don't try to go too far. Otherwise, you're gonna you're you're just gonna kind of drain yourself. Um, but like, as you start off slow, try like building up slowly on that. Even if it's like, you know, you start off with ten minutes of prayer, then go to fifteen the next week or something. You know, like as long as you you know you're trying. Um, and also, like as you go along, you're gonna you're going to see things change in your life as long as you make time for prayer. And also you're going to, you're going to see the difference between, um, the days that you pray, the days when you pray well and you, um, are able to take that time. Um, as opposed to the days that you don't, it's going to be like a difference between night and day. That's so true. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would say to pray in a way that you look forward to it. Because a lot of times we dread prayer, like, oh, God, do it, you know, God, you know, right before. No, 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 pray as you can, pray like in a way that like delights you. Like, that's why I always pray the rosary walking around, like out in nature. Because that is just, that's for me, something I look forward to. It's not something that I'm like, oh, I've got to do it. I'm like, yes, good. I mm-hmm. get to take 20 minutes and go and walk, take a walk in nature and pray the rosary. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I think that um, the Exodus 90 program is like an hour a day. And if you can't do an hour, do 20 minutes. And a C4C recommends 24 minutes. 20 minutes. 24 minutes? Yeah, 24 <laughs> exactly. minutes. C4C recommends go, 24 minutes, yeah. Can't go over that 24 minute. <laughs> right, right. Recommends. You can do more or less, I guess. So that's interesting because a priest once told me, if you can't do an hour, do 55. Like don't, don't, like, don't like start with 20. Do like, as, do like as much as you can if you can't do a full hour. Yeah, the know. minimum. Oh, minimum, bare minimum so It's like 20? check that off the, your list on the Exodus 90 app on your phone, which is ironic. But anyway, is uh <laughs> so just 20 minutes. Using your technology right. on Exodus But there's an app. It used to be a book. Uh, and they're like, there's, to deal with the book. There's an app for that. There's an app. There's yeah. literally an app for everything. I think that's good advice. That's good advice. So any final comments about prayer? Yes. Oh, did you finally get the uh, 
the yes. catechism definition of prayer? Yes. That only took us 30 minutes. Um, no, no, I had it up for a long time. So there's, it's actually a, I didn't remember this because I haven't read this in a while, but it's actually a Therese of Lisieux quote. Ah, biography yes. is, for me, prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look turned toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. Well, I don't think we can top that. So thanks so much for joining us in this episode of Restless. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM and 103.5 FM. And my challenge for you is just do it. Go out and pray. Develop that prayer life. Keep increasing it because our Lord wants to hear from you. He desires more than anything. He thirsts for a living relationship with you. And since that's what we're going to be doing for all eternity, prayer is the way in which we get accustomed to that relationship here and now. Thanks so much. Tune in next time.